you are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach, and although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. It is my pleasure to have on the show today, Nikki Ballou. And Nikki is from my hometown of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Go Maple Leafs and Blue Jays, though they haven't been too impressive over the last few years. But uh, Nikki is a number one international best-selling author of the book Finish Line Thinking, How to Think and Win Like a Champion, The Thought Leader's Journey. And I am just so glad to have him on here today because he is an in-demand and highly inspirational speaker to corporate audiences such as RBC. So in Canada, you know, that's the Royal Bank, one of the main banks here in Canada, Lulumon, Royal LePage, and Toronto Star Media. He is an advisor and confidant to some of the most successful and dynamic entrepreneurs around. So welcome to the show, Nikki. Kim, thanks so much for having me. It's an honor to be here with you. So today we're going to talk about, and I'm I'm really excited for this topic, is how to create a million dollar a year practice or business in three years or less. So just before we get to that, first of all, Nikki, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Wonderful. I'm excited to do that. So Kim, I'm actually originally an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. When I was a young boy, the Islamic revolution was taking place in Iran. And my late father, God rest his soul, he could see the writing on the wall and he could see that this was not going to be the greatest place for him to raise his Christian family. So he hustled us out of Iran. and Eventually, we settled in Toronto, Ontario. And I thank God every day for my dad and his foresight in being able to see that this would be a better move for his family because we moved from tyranny to freedom. Now, Kim, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're following what's going on in Iran these days, but just a few weeks ago, uh, a young woman, just 22 years old, you know, in the flower of her life, was uh, picked up by the so-called morality police in Iran for the crime of being outdoors with her hair uncovered. Think about this. It's a crime in Iran to be a woman and be outdoor with your hair or your skin showing. And they beat her to death, to death. Yeah. And there have been hundreds of other women and even teenage girls, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old girls that have been protesting for the right, the basic human right to be treated like everybody else ought to be treated. And, you know, I know that it's very fashionable these days in some circles to say Canada is such a horrible, oppressive, racist, sexist place. I push back real hard against that. In my opinion, this is the greatest 
most tolerant nation on earth. And those people that say things like that ought to be ashamed of themselves mm -hmm. uh, because all you got to do is go to Iran and you'll see what real oppression looks like, what real sexism looks like, what real racism looks like. Yeah. So for me, that that kind of has made me a big fan of freedom. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a huge fan of freedom, free expression, free enterprise. And my late father, he was a big fan of freedom. He was an entrepreneur. And he's the greatest man I ever knew. He, he uplifted everybody who came across his path. If you were looking for a job, he'd get you a job. If you were looking to start a business, he'd help you get started. Even if you were going to compete with him, he didn't care about that. He just wanted to help people. If you worked for him and you were looking to buy a car, a house or an apartment, you didn't have enough money, dad would make up the difference. Yeah. So you could buy that car, that house, that apartment. And a lot of people might be listening to this and thinking to themselves, you know, oh my God, um, who does that? Well, first of all, the late, great Napoleon Ballou, he did that. Secondly, why would he do that? Well, first of all, he was a Christian and he believed that he'd been blessed by God and it was his yeah. obligation as a Christian man to share those blessings with others. But secondly, he did it because he could. He had the money, he had the financial wherewithal to be able to do such things. So I want to be like that. That was the greatest man that I knew, man. I want to be an entrepreneur like him. I wanted to help people. And here's one of the first things I noticed when I got into business. There's a lot of good people that get into business. You know what I mean, Kim? Yes. Entrepreneurs, just good people are drawn to entrepreneurship. It's just one of those things. You know what I'm saying? But yes. a lot of those good people, business maybe isn't their strength and sales and revenue generation isn't their strength. And they're a little nervous about sales because they don't want to come across like they're pushy or salesy. You know what I mean? They reek of commission breath. So they don't go after the business the way they ought to. And they lose out on opportunities. So they don't make the money they should. That hurts them. That hurts their family. But their client, their potential client, they get hurt too because those folks don't get a good person trying to help them out. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, and I do. Instead, some charlatan marketer comes in who has like sociopathic tendencies, doesn't care if they deliver and they're going to sell them. And you, you, you know, so the sum total of goodness in the world goes down because everybody gets hurt. And even that charlatan marketer karma eventually is going to bite them in the butt. Right. So everybody loses. And I saw this and I thought, wow, man, I want to help these people. How can I help them? And I thought, what if I can help them reframe? Cause I, I'm really good at mindset and things like that. And I said, what if we reframe selling into serving? Well, nobody wants to be sold. Everybody loves to buy, but nobody wants to be sold. You don't want to be sold. I don't want to be sold, but I love to buy and I love to be served by caring human beings. So I started to teach people how to do that. And obviously, it's easier said than done. But once once someone has, you know, really adopted that mindset powerfully, their business starts to take off. And I just remember my father always used to tell me business is about people. It's not about money, son. You got to take care of people and then the money will come. And I thought to myself, wow, that's 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 really powerful. And and mm -hmm. I think anyone listening to this, business is about people. It's not about numbers or money, right? That person in front of you, that's someone's wife, someone's mm -hmm. mother, someone's daughter, someone's husband, someone's yeah. brother, someone's son. That that person's a hero to somebody. And maybe they've even been disappointed by by life. 
And maybe they've even been disappointed by someone just like you who promised them everything and delivered them nothing. So it's really important to be the kind of person that just comes from the heart. And one of the first things that I teach people is if you want to make a million dollars, let your heart shine because that's how people are going to know to work with you. Yeah. You know, you are so right. Canada is the best country to live in in the world. I do have some concerns, though, because, you know, there's things that I see going on. And yes, Canada right now is a country of freedom. But I pray a lot for Canada because I see things that are concerning me. You know, we're still the best country to live in the face of the earth. But there's things happening that I'm kind of like, hmm, those are seeds of things that could turn Canada into a not so great country. So definitely pray there. But I love your story. And, you know, when you talk about your dad, my dad was not an entrepreneur. He worked a job, but he worked his job well. You know, he rose up in the ranks because he did his job well and he cared about people. And I remember and I learned that from him, that people matter and and respecting people, respecting everyone. And my dad was so loved by people, even in the place that he worked. When the government striked, because he worked in a governmental ministry, um, when the government striked, they would let him through the strike line and they wouldn't egg his car. They would stop him for about five minutes, but they wouldn't egg his car. They wouldn't yell at him. They wouldn't scream at him. They had to stop his car because that's what they were supposed to do. But they just let my dad through because he, they, they all knew that my dad, he couldn't strike. If he could have stroke striked, he could, but his position in the ministry would not let him. But um, he, they knew that he had their back and that he was supporting them. And so, you know, they allowed him through the line, you know, other managers and things did not make it through the line, but he was already always able to get into work and do what he needed to do. You know, um, he worked in the ministry correctional services. So the jail system. So it was very critical that he was able to get in and, you know, keep those systems running. So, you know, um, I love it when I hear people who had, you know, amazing parents who instilled in them just such great things. And, you know, also even my grandmother, my dad wasn't a Christian, but my grandmother was. And when she died, I didn't go to her funeral, but they actually had to call in police into downtown Toronto, which is a, a major metropolitan area. Because they, I think they expected 50 to 100 people at her funeral. And there was three to 400 people at her funeral. People that she had touched and made a difference. And they had to call in the police because there was so much traffic. And just, it was deadlocking everything. They had to call in the police to keep the traffic moving so that everyone could get in to my grandmother's funeral. And that's the kind of testimony I want to have in life. That, you know, when I pass away... There's so many people at my funeral that they have to have police directing traffic. Amen, sister. Amen. I want to give you some time to just share about your knowledge because you're here today to teach about how to create that $1 million business. So I'm going to let you loose. I know you've got a lot to share with us today that's really going to help you know, the, our audience of entrepreneurs, professional speakers, and coaches just take their business to the next level. Well, thank you. So I wrote a book that just came out and it's called How to Create a Million Dollar Year Income. So I highly recommend everybody grab a copy of that. So if you go on Amazon, uh, you know, it's written by me and one of my clients, Perry Wong, who has been making a million dollars a year for the better part of a decade. 
Well, let me get into some of the principles first, okay? So obviously you have to lead from your heart. You have to start by being a caring human being. But the next thing, uh, and coaches, consultants, authors, speakers, these folks really struggle with this, is you can't sound like everybody else. You can't be stuck in the sea of sameness, right? You need to be in the oasis of differentiation. And you, you're going to be stuck in the sea of sameness if you don't have a good message, okay? So your message can't be what I call a mayo message. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's your messaging that makes you an authority, a thought leader. We're really big into thought leadership, right? And you might be thinking to yourself, okay, Nikki, so how do you define thought leader? Because there's a whole lot of people to throw that term around. I'll define it for you really simply. Uh, I'll draw a stark contrast between an expert and a thought leader. Everyone listening to your show is probably already an expert, right? But an expert's just somebody who knows something. But experts are a dime a dozen, right? Being an expert doesn't get you paid. But a thought leader is someone who's known for knowing something. You follow me? That's the difference between you know, uh, um, someone who's going to make a lot of money and someone who isn't, right? So another way to say it is an expert is like a cover band while a thought leader plays original music. Wouldn't you rather be playing original music than being a Me Too cover band? So here's another example. There's two professors I'm going to talk about from the University of Toronto. They're both professors of psychology in the arena of social and personality. They went to prestigious schools. One of them went to Cornell. The other one went to McGill. One of them's an expert. One of them's a thought leader. The expert is a fellow by the name of Dr. Jason Plax. Well, the thought leader is Dr. Jordan Peterson. You ever heard of him? Yes. So you want to be Jordan Peterson and not Jason Plax in your space. Because if you're Jordan Peterson... You've got billions of people that have watched you, your, your videos. You've mm-hmm. sold millions of copies of your books. And you're, you just signed a contract with the Daily Wire that's paying you just a ginormous sum of money, mm-hmm. right? Um, and each time you go out and you do a speech, you get between fifty dollars and $100,000. Yeah. That's the difference between an expert and a thought leader. So here's the other thing, right? Like if your message, it, let, let's say you're a coach. And if someone asks you what you do, you go, I'm a life coach. Oh, my God. There is nothing worse to say. There's nothing more mayo than saying I'm a life coach. Yes. It's horrible. So, or I'm a personal fitness trainer. And I can tell you a story about this, okay? But I'll tell you two quick stories. The one is about the young man who was a personal fitness trainer. His name was Dan. He was a good fellow. You know what I mean? Just one of these fellows that... Like you'd want to, you want your daughter to bring him home. You'd want her to date a guy like him, marry a guy like him. You know what I mean? Just a good fellow. But he was a terrible businessman. Oh my God. He had seven clients. He was making $1,200 a month in Toronto. And you know the cost of living in Toronto, Kim. It's high. That's not a lot of money. You can't even rent an apartment for $1,200. A one bedroom apartment for $1,200 a month. You can't can't rent a studio or an efficiency or a bachelor pad for that either, man. It's terrible. So Danny had to borrow money from mom and dad. And when he came to see me, I just thought, okay, let me see how I can help this. I said, Danny, who do you help? Because he was telling me I'm a personal fitness trainer. And I was just, I was, we weren't getting anywhere with him. He goes, I can't help anybody, buddy. 
I can help anybody, okay? I can help them lose weight. I can help them get strong. I can help them enter contests and competitions. Jeremy, you're not getting this. We need to narrow that down. He go, no, but really I can help anybody. I go, oh, anybody with a wallet and a pulse now? And he's like, ha, good one, Nikki, good one. I guess so. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I said, we got to narrow it. He goes, okay, 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 okay. He said, I got it. Doctors. My dad's a doctor. I love my dad. And doctors make a lot of money. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's your message? I love my dad. And doctors make a lot of money. Yeah, that's not going to work, pal. So Commission <laughs> breath. I'm like, no, no, no. It, and it didn't work. And then I said, Danny, we got to change this. He goes, okay, okay. Narrow some more. Narrow some more. Okay. I got a cardiologist. Cardiologist that's so narrow. Cardiologist. They make more money than doctors. I'm like, oh, my God. He's not getting it. You're not getting it, Danny. And it didn't work. But, you know, the good Lord brought serendipity into Danny's life. And he brought him an Afro-Cuban Paralympic athlete. Mm. I had a missing leg since he was a kid. And all of a sudden, these two really hit it off. Danny yeah. gets them really strong. He goes to some competition and wins some medals. Danny came to me and he goes, Nikki, okay, I think I finally get it. Okay, I, I really love working with this fellow. I, I want to work with people with missing limbs. I want to help them because, you know, most of them aren't working out. And I think I can really help them out. Oh, ah, grasshopper, you finally got it. So anyways, in six weeks, he signed up 400 clients. Yep. Kim, he added not one zero, but two zeros to his income. And by the way, that's my tagline. I help you add one to two zeros to your income while working 10 to 20 hours less per week. And doing that became possible because, A, nobody else was going after people with missing limbs. They were all thinking, oh, well, you know, you got a missing limb. You can't work out. But Danny, Danny was like, yeah, you can work out. I'm going to make you strong. I'm going to make you powerful. The message resonated with the audience. Yes. Just put yourself in the shoes of someone with a missing limb or, or more than a missing limb. They're probably not thrilled. They don't have all their limbs. They probably wish that they did have all their limbs. Yes. And they probably have some limiting beliefs around it. Danny blew up those limiting beliefs. And that's how come he signed up 400 clients and he went from 12, 1300 a month to over 100,000 a month. Yeah. 100,000 a month. That is a million dollars, more than a million dollars a year. Yeah. How that, and, you know, personal trainers, they don't make that much money normally. So, no. how is it that Danny did that, right? Well, he followed the process we taught him. Like, he was a good person. He wanted to help people, but he had a Mayo message. He got rid of the Mayo message and he, came up with a really good message and he narrowed his target market, not based on how much money he could make from them, but based on the fact that they had a need and he knew how to fill it. And he loved filling it. Oh my God, did he ever love filling it, right? And I think that's, that's one of the things that makes the difference. You know, I kind of fell into becoming a publisher. Originally, I started ghostwriting. Son was getting married. We had to replace two cars, very expensive year. I had already written some books. And I fell into ghostwriting just as a way to make extra money for my son's wedding. But as I got into it, I realized I loved it. I loved helping people get their messages out there that makes a difference in other people's lives. And, you know, when I finally kind of realized that everything changed because I wasn't just doing it for money anymore. I was doing it because I loved it. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. You know, and there was just some things you said. First of all, I love the Mayo message. Oh, that is so cool. 
Um, you know, one of the things that teach, I teach about authority marketing and mostly from the point of view of how do you start an authority marketing, right? Like how do you first become that expert, then become that, you know, authority. And I talk about the fact that you do have to have that good core marketing message. You, it has to be targeted and it has to be something you love and you have to be able to say it with such passion that people who are your target market are drawn to you. Exactly. Right. So I loved how exactly. you said that. And then there was two other things you talked about, you know, who do you help? Right. But the one thing you said was that, you know, once he figured out who he wanted to work with, that he was able to create a message that resonates with the audience. And I think that is crucial to being seen as that thought leader is having that messaging that resonates. So I just, I loved what you said, Nikki. Um, can you share, we're going to talk about your book in just a minute or two, but can you share a couple of practical steps that the audience can take right now? Maybe they don't have messaging in place. Maybe they're Mayo messaging. What would be a, a couple of things that they can do today to start moving towards becoming that thought leader? Well, honestly, I think that they ought to really get themselves the right mentor and the right coach and the right peer group. Okay. So, um, many years ago, I was a personal trainer and I used to have a lot of A-list clients. One of my clients was Robin Sharma, the author of the book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. He's originally from Nova Scotia, by the way, and he lives in Toronto right now. And I asked Robin, Robin, how do I double my income? And he said, that's simple, Nikki. All you got to do is triple your investment in personal and professional development. Mm -hmm. Triple my investment in personal and professional development? Yeah, yeah, that's all you got to do. So I said, okay, what does that look like? He said, you got to hire the coaches, the mentors. You got to join the peer groups. You got to go to the conferences. You got to buy the books, buy the courses. If you're not doing that every year, you're screwed. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, let me do that. So I did. And he was right. I, I doubled my income. I over doubled my income. So one of the first things that I was able to do as a result of over doubling my income was be able to start to think bigger, mm -hmm. believe I could do more and better. You, yes. you know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of people inside the space of coaching, consulting, solopreneur, authoring, et cetera, that they have a misconception of what it is to invest in themselves. Yeah. They, they confuse investing in themselves with spending money. Spending is laying out money with no expectation of return. Mm -hmm. So if I fly to Florida and go to Disney World, right? Um, good for me, but that money's not coming back. You know what I'm saying? Nope. It's just not. But if I invest in a coach who's going to show me how to be more effective at generating uh, an automated funnel, that money's coming back. Yeah. You follow me? Yeah. So investment is laying out money with an expectation of return. Businesses invest all the time. In 2017, Apple invested $383 billion in growing its business. So if you're a coach or a consultant, first thing I'm going to ask you is, do you have your own coach? Mm -hmm. No. Why not? You're telling people to hire you as a coach. So why aren't you hiring someone to coach you? Secondly is, are you part of a peer group? 
Are you doing the courses? Are you working with mentors that know what they're doing? Like right now, you know, you teach people about writing books. I'm a big fan of writing books as well. I got eight books that I've written myself. I also teach people how to, you know, make money from being a guest on other people's podcasts. I've, I've done it myself, generated over six figures in under four mm -hmm. months, right? So yeah. talking to people who know how to show you how to do things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's important that you have the right individual that is mentoring you. But if you have mentors, you're going to win. I'll tell you my own personal story. Several years ago, I was going through a divorce. It was horrible. Um, I was just feeling low on life. Mm -hmm. And I, I'd been, I, I was out of the house. I was sleeping on my mother's couch. Here's a grown-ass man sleeping on his mother's couch. Two sons, right? And I went to a talk that someone was doing, and it resonated with me. So I approached the fellow who gave the talk, even though I was very nervous. And I said, I just blurted it out. I said, I think I need to hire you. He looks at me and he goes, okay. Um, my minimum fee is $5,000 for five hours of coaching. Um, I don't offer any guarantees or refunds. And I get paid in advance. And I just shrank back into myself because I was like, whoa, I don't have that kind of money. And he took pity on me and he said, I know. He said, look, I'm going to give you some free advice. I'm like, please. So it doesn't matter how much money you have. It really doesn't. All that matters is how bad do you want change? Yeah. Yeah. How bad do you want change? He said, if you want change badly enough, you'll come up with the money because I don't work for free. But if you don't, then you won't. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yep. so I said, give me a couple days. So I ran off and I, I was a personal fitness trainer then too. And there were some people that I'd been in conversation with who hadn't made up their mind. And I called them up with a lot of urgency. And I said, I got good news for you. You're fat and you need to lose weight. And I'm broke and I need money. I'm going to give you the deal of a century. That <laughs> price. <laughs> right? But here's the catch. You got to say yes now and you got to pay now. What's it going to be? And uh, I said, okay, you know what? Um, let's do it. I have $2,000. Went back to this fellow and I plunked down the 2000 on the table. I said, here you go. And he's like, no, 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 no. I said, 5000 I said, wait, wait, buddy. Um, how many people have you told this little story to? And he said, over the years, maybe uh, 30 or 40. I said, besides me, who else came back with any money? He said, oh, that's easy. You're the first. And I'm like, I'm the first. So, well, listen, take my money. and We'll sign a contract that I'll pay you the rest in 30, 60 days, whatever the case may be. And he said, okay. And the rest is history because within four, five, six months, I'd made $100,000. And I paid him back. I paid him the rest of his fee. But how bad do you want change? If you're listening to this, are you willing to get resourceful and figure it out? To become successful in life, you've got to be decisive, committed, coachable, and resourceful. Decisive. Decisive people are people who get results. Everybody else doesn't. If you ham in your heart, you're, you're going to lose in life. Okay. That's just the way it is. Um, committed people. You can't be thinking to yourself, I'm, I'm going to try it out. If it works out great, if it doesn't, no, no, no. You got to be, I'm in it to win it. Coachable. You got to take the coaching from the people that you've asked to coach and mentor you. And resourceful. You got to come up with the fee to pay these folks and the fee to do the other things you need to do. And you got to have the time and the energy to make it work. I don't work with anybody who's not all four of those things myself, personally. And I love making people rich. 
you know, it's my favorite thing to do. And I've helped change the lives of, you know, dozens of people, literally life-changing stuff. But it, it only works if they've got these four qualities. If they don't, I'm not the right person for them. That is incredible, Nikki. So I want to just switch gears. We've got maybe about less than five minutes left. Um, so you've, you said you've authored eight books. So here's the question that I ask every guest who is an author on this show. What was the good, the bad, and the ugly about publishing books? Well, I'm a bibliophile. I've read over 4,000 books. I love books. I adore books. I've always wanted to write books since I was a kid. So the, the good was that I, I wrote it. It was great. My first book. And I'm, a, I'm an excellent writer, you know, world-class in my ability to write. So um, that was a lot of fun for me. It was great. It was good. It was great. Uh, the bad was figuring out how to hire people to do the cover design and the formatting and, you know, loading it up onto Kindle Select. And the ugly, oh, my God, is marketing the book. <laughs> marketing the book so me back in the day i just go and get as many speaking engagements as i could you know and now being on podcasts it's simpler you just go on a podcast tour just for one book and like i may at some point really just do that just go on 100 shows and just talk about my book <laughs> you know in a nutshell all of it nikki thank you so much um, if people have been listening today and they want to connect with you, what is the best way they connect with you? And do you have any free resources you give away? Um, yeah, the best way to connect with me is to go to, you know, anywhere on social media, Nikki Baloo. But I got a website called eCircleAcademy.com. There's a bunch of free resources there, including a free report on how to, you know, grow your business uh, as a coach or a consultant or an author or speaker. And um but if you own a business and you are stuck on a plateau and you want to get unstuck, um, I offer something called a success call. It's a coaching session to really take a look at your business, what's working, what's not working, and what we need to do to get you from where you are to where you want to go. And I offer it for free. You go to eCircleAcademy.com forward slash appointment. We do have a screening form beforehand because we just want to make sure you're a serious person. Hmm. But as long as you fill it out and that checks out, we'll do the call with you. So let's make it happen. Wonderful, Nikki. Thank you so much. I have so enjoyed interviewing you today. And I just want to say to you listeners, if you've enjoyed this episode, not only yourself, but if you think of someone that you say, oh, this person has to listen, would you do me a favor? Would you share this episode out? Would you tell people about it? My goal, my dream is to provide vetted experts, authorities, thought leaders who are have the heart to come on this show and just help you take your business forward. So if you appreciate that, can you please share it out? Oh, it would just make my heart so happy. So this has been Nikki Ballou and Kim Thompson Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. 
We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.